Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 311 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and her pandemic mental health. Oh, the pandemic is still here. All right, everyone take a deep breath. We're going to get through this. We have a terrific show. Before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Smarty Pants Women's Vitamins, the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins, minerals, and omega oils customized just for women. To learn more, please hop on over to SmartyPantsVitamins.com. And here's your first reminder to click on iTunes after this episode to rate and review the show because I love hearing from you. Yes, I do. I do, I do, I do. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about her. I'm doing the happy dance. We have Elizabeth Bernstein back with us, our go-to for all things Can we just try to wrap our heads around crazy stuff going on in our life? Yeah. Elizabeth Bernstein writes the Bonds on Relationships column for the Wall Street Journal, which explores social psychology and the manifold aspects of human interactions. In her column, she focuses on how we can best relate to others and to ourselves. Elizabeth, welcome back to the Her Podcast. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, you wrote a column that, okay, I just grabbed that. I immediately called up, said, get her back on. And the title is A Workout for Your Mental Health. Keep stress from the COVID pandemic and other events under control by sticking with these daily practices. It's like a mental gym and gymnastics that go along with this. Why'd you write this? Well, I, I, I talk so, to so many psychologists, so many therapists all the time, and I started to hear the same thing. You know, we're, we're all stressed right now. We're trying to deal with it in the moment, um, but and that doesn't always work. Just like physical health, you need to take some acts that you can proactively shore up your mental health before the stress hits. Too late, I know, or thick in it right now, but still, there are things we can be doing every single day to keep ourselves as mentally strong as possible, so when it gets bad, we're ready. Well, you know, it's so funny. I'm just thinking, I know the uh, founder of Talkspace, you know, the wonderful um, sure app. Yeah, everyone knows about it. Michael Phelps made it very famous uh, because it really helped him with his depression, et cetera, et cetera. Boy, I have seen a rise in the use of this kind of a therapeutic modality. Um, I mean, like a huge rise. And you said in your column, therapists have reported a significant increase in clients who are anxious, worried, depressed over current events. And that's everything from, you know, kind of a melange of the pandemic, economic woes, civil unrest. Ah, you know, when you talk to these therapists, were they really blown away by what they're seeing? They are. Every single therapist I talk to says I'm booked. I have waiting lists. Uh, people are so stressed out. People are so anxious. It's It's been terrible. It's been a really tough year. Even for those of us, I'm one of them who stayed home, kind of got through it, you know, 
thankfully nobody's sick right around me, haven't lost anybody, haven't lost my job, that kind of thing. But it has still been very, very stressful to make sure that I keep myself, my loved ones safe, make sure I keep my job. You know, everybody's worried about the country, no matter what side you're on. Like, it's just tough. And so, yes, the, the therapists are blown away right now. Yeah, um, I think one clinical psychologist, uh, Wendy Troxell, um, who uh, works over at Rand Corporation, I had a great quote um, at the beginning of the article that I just loved. Is if you wait until a major stressor hits to try and bolster your mental health, it's like trying to inflate your life raft while you're already drowning at sea. And so now we're thinking to ourselves, okay, proactivity. You know, how can we, you know, I, I think a lot of people um, really get uh, kind of freaked out with, uh, you know, this whole issue of, is this ever going to end? And then almost hesitating to wrap their heads around, this is here and it's going to change our lives permanently. So you're going to have to get with it. Did you find that the therapists were finding sort of resistance a little bit? Yes, people have resisted it because, you know, we, we are resilient humans and, you know, it has been, it's hard to take in. For, at first it was like, oh, great, you know, back last year, we'll do this for a month, maybe we'll do it for two. But this, I think it's only slowly sinking in. Just like you said, this is going to be here with us forever for some, in some way, our lives have changed permanently. And that will take some time to really get your mind around what Profound, how profound that is. Um, and, and so just people resist everything. People resist going to therapy. They resist exercising. We resist all kinds of things that are good for ourselves. Um, but this is why I wrote this article. We, we know that there are things we should do for ourselves physically. I wanted to remind people there are things we need to do for our mental health. Okay. So what do we need to do? Talk to us. So, well, there's many things I didn't go into depth in this article because I have done it before. You, you know, if you are not feeling mentally well, certainly if you believe you're depressed, therapy is a big, talking to even your primary care doctor about it and trying to get a plan with some professionals in place, whether that is medicine or that is some kind of talk therapy is big. Um, exercise is a huge, wonderful thing that you can do for your mental health. As you mentioned, the talk space, meditation calms your brain down we're just filled with mental chatter right now so meditation and a healthy diet people people don't realize how much um, nutrition helps your brain so um, the Mediterranean diet studies show it's really helpful for your mental health so those just to dispense those out of the way and then I have more specific tips okay go with the specific tips so let's go specific. I think the number one over and over, the psychologists, researchers were telling me, is make sleep non-negotiable. Adults need seven to eight hours of sleep. You know, the American culture is, oh, well, I'm, you know, great. I, I, can, I can get by on four and five hours. I'm superhuman. You're just not. And study after study shows we're not. We, we, are, we have a diminished capability for almost everything in our life if we don't sleep enough. So you want to shoot for seven, eight hours hours. I myself have had so much insomnia in the last year. I want, I ask that I get one of the 
the great part of my job is I get to ask these researchers what to do. So the sleep researchers say, what you do is you set your wake-up time. What time do I need to wake up? And then you count eight hours back or seven, um, and then that's the time you need to go to bed. And then you need to have a ritual. Remember when we put our kids to bed, we give them rituals. We, read a, we take a bath. They read a book. Um, get all tucked in. Do that for yourself. Turn the lights down. And then this I love. Turn the thermostat down 65 to 68 degrees is ideal and this is why that chili pad is selling so well um yeah. because you can actually run water through it um and it cools you down to a point where you're just like really comfortable because that's when you fall asleep there's something else i'm going to layer on to this elizabeth and that is that if you don't get enough sleep okay listen up folk you impair immunologic function did you hear me? So if you're trying to prevent getting the infection, you know, from COVID, if you're trying to stay physically, um, let alone mentally, uh, as healthy as you can, you can't optimize that unless you get decent sleep. And and people just sort of shirk it off. You, you said that so well, but you can't because now for the first time, we have a COVID-centric strategy. Now you've got to realize that your immune system has to be optimal and you got to do everything you can to be able to do that. So a lot of what you talked about in your tips, I know the next one is all about, you know, really a routine in general. Now you talked about like a morning ritual. What, what are people doing? I think a lot of people, honestly, in the beginning were flailing around like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be in a car on my way on a commute. Now what do I do? I, I don't think that that's necessarily changed. I think we flailed around, and now many people I talk to are in a routine, but it's a bad one. It's the routine of um, pajamas half the day and, you know, breakfast at 10 and, you know, just sort of not setting up any kind of structure to a day. Our old structure went away. What we sort of replaced it with is loosey-goosey, and it's not serving us. So um, it will help your – our brains love a routine. This is why I have this tip in here. So you want to get up at the same time each day. Get dressed. Uh, I have to remind myself some days because I work at home. Get dressed. Um, you can create a morning ritual. You know, lots of people I talk to – do something specific. They write in their journal or they, they write three things they're grateful for. Or they read the Bible. Whatever it is, you have a morning routine, drink your coffee, even in the same chair, the same table. Um, and then also the experts say eat meals at the same time, exercise at the same time. Our world is so out of control right now. And, and that sense of control, our brains hate that. It's very, very disconcerting to us. So what you're trying to do by putting all these routines into your day is to recreate that sense of control. I love it. I absolutely love it. And there's a tremendous amount of relief, quite frankly, when you do have a routine, because then you don't have to sit there and stress over, what should I do? What should I not do? Now you have a routine, you just follow that little Hummer. And then really at the end of the day, you're good. And you just keep refining it based upon the weather and whatever else is going on. But that God having that foundation is so important. You know, so many people, their foundation for years was externalized. So in other words, a boss told you what time to be at work. And so, you know, your little behind was commuting and you were over there. And um, there were other things that were going on, even with school. 
you know, what's the routine with school? If you have kids at home, you know, you used to be able to, you know, get the munchkins off doing their thing. Well, um, you know, now it's real different. And if you have kids, I hope you're doing some kind of ritual and routine for them to be able to do their classes, get their homework done, and also get some physical activity. So terribly important. Oh, now, your next tip is calm your mind. Now, what's that about? Well, we just have to do this. Our minds, our brains right now are, have been, since February or March, um, on high alert. You know, they, they, this fight or flight reflex we have is activated and it has not settled down uh, again and again. This is experts telling me this. So we want, and, and then we've got this mental chatter. We're worried about everything. Did the kids do their homework? You know, did, am I going to meet the deadline? What are we going to have for dinner? When will I get to the grocery? Am I going to be safe? On and on and on. And so we need to settle that down, to calm that chatter down. And there's many ways, as you mentioned, again, back to Talkspace, it is up. People are using it more and more because all of these apps, because they're easy and they're good. And you can get in um, a, a good guided meditation. You can have somebody else walk you through calming your mind. It can take a few minutes. Yoga does this. Meditation on your own does this. Many, many, many people I hear from pray. Um, and then I did, I loved this. I talked to somebody, a therapist, who said she tells her clients, schedule four mini interventions during the day. And these are just like two to four minute breathing exercises where you just really breathe, you know, four counts in, four counts out, or do that box breathing, you know, four counts in, hold it for four, four out. It calms down your nervous system. It's really going to help you then start to think. Like, so for I, for myself, I'm having trouble making simple decisions. Like, I want to get some new dining room chairs. Maybe not so simple, but I mean, it's been weeks and weeks I pour over chairs on the internet. I can't make a decision anymore. If you calm that chatter in your brain, you can start to use those brain cells for other things other than the worrying. I love it. And, and uh, you know, all in um, on this one exercise you mentioned about the fist, because ironically, it's something that so many psychologists really suggest that people do as an exercise. And uh, tell us about the fist exercise. So the fist is really simple. You make a really tight fist. You can do it with one hand. You know, this is when you're stressed out. Or again, you can set your phone to give you an alert to do this throughout the day at certain times. You know, make a super tight fist. Imagine how it holds all the tension in your body. Hold it for 10 seconds tight and then release it. Think of that. Imagine that tension all flowing out your arm, out your fist, down into the ground and away. And then this therapist who told me this said, you know, all of these things is calming your mind that we're talking about. She said, think of this as a stress inoculation. And I just loved that. I love it too. You know, there's a iteration of this too. I'm on the uh, faculty of the Harvard Institute of Coaching and there's a lot of these uh, high-level coaches say, here's another little iteration that you could use that really works well. And it's called the uh, the practice of self-compassion. So you take both fists, you take both of your hands, put them out in front of you so you can actually see them in a big way. Then you make a huge fist, ooh, really tight, 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 tight. You feel all the tension. And then just like in your beautiful exercise, you let it go, open up your hands. Now what you do is you take your left hand, place it over your heart. Take your right hand, place it over the left. And what it does is it just gives you a moment of self-compassion. And I think that that's really important, right? 
Exactly. It's super, super important. And I, I love that. The, the hands over the heart, you know, release the tension, but then those hands over the heart is also key, you know, to remind yourself, like you're caring for yourself. All right. Now, what is this watcher language? What, what language are we watching here? Our language we talk to ourselves with, this is one of my favorite things to always write about. Language, the way we speak to others is so important. Every single word matters. And so too often right now, and in regular times, but especially now, you know, people are walking around telling themselves just these horrible things like, I'm overwhelmed, I can't take it anymore. Uh, well, great, if you're telling yourself that, that's what you're going to feel. That's what you're... Um, that's what that's what's going to happen. Also, we should ourselves. I should have done this, and so I, I would like people to remember to change their language. If instead of I'm overwhelmed, I can't take it. How about I can handle it? You know. So to give yourself that kind of um, permission and to tell yourself I'm strong. You know, I've gotten through other things. This is a challenge. I can handle it. Um, instead of should I? Instead of I should have but I would like to. I'd like to do that. I'd like to cook dinner tonight. <laughs> right? So it feels a lot better. I love it. I love it. You know, because I think a lot of us do the shoulda, coulda, woulda thing. And, you know, we, we shame and should on ourselves all the time. And it's just like crazy. Um, what we need to do instead is, is do exactly what you said, um, which is to just lighten it up here already. Come on now, don't do the drill sergeant gig. Um, and that, that brings us beautifully into something we already touched on, but you said practice compassion. So it's not just self-compassion, but it's exactly. compassion. I mean, we, self-compassion is certainly part of it, um, but we want to be compassionate for other people too. So research shows that, you know, self-compassionate people are happier, more optimistic, you know, more resilient. So of course we want to do that, but they're happy. People who are nicer to others, the kindness bit, it makes us happier too. And there's a lot of research about that as well. We're all going through this. We, sometimes it can feel like we're just alone in our homes. And, it, and these days, one of the sick things about this pandemic is that it can make us feel threatened by other people, They're, right? The others, other people are dangerous to us right now. But we want to remember that, you know, there's many great things about other people. So to be compassionate, and, and also we're stuck with people. Another piece of this is we are stuck with our loved ones, whoever we live with, who's ever in our little tiny pod. And after a year, I can tell you those people can be super annoying and we can be annoying to them. So to practice compassion, like I like to do it. I live with my boyfriend. Like I like to, um, when he's really annoying, like I tell myself, I make myself count the number of things he's done for me this week that are really nice. Like I make myself actively focus on how he's good. I'm always surprised these things I've forgotten immediately. So it, it's sort of an experiment in keeping ourselves open and caring about other people. And it's also, you know, as you were saying so beautifully, um, with the example of your boyfriend, you're practicing gratitude. You know, there's nothing like feeling grateful for some, you know, wonderful things people have done for you one way or the other, if they were just sitting there listening to you and that was really important to you versus other things like little service things and, you know, little gifts, like maybe they, they gave you a, a flower or something, you know, that tends to neutralize a lot of the annoyance and irritation 
Because what you're actually doing is stepping back and putting it in a brand new grateful context. Really, at the end of the day, I'm so grateful that this person is in my life. And that's what's so huge here. Um, and I love the fact that you brought that up. Now, of course, one of our favorite things to do, move your body. So that's your next little point. What, what's all that about? It's just so important, again, right up there with uh, sleep for our physical health and our mental health. You know, aerobic exercise reduces fatigue, tension, improves our alertness, our concentration. It will help our sleep, help our mood, help our self-esteem. Um, so we really need to know that there's all the – remind ourselves there's all these benefits for our brain, for our mental health as well. It reduces our stress response. I could just go on and on, lowers blood pressure, cortisol levels. So you want to get 30. You could tell me more. The experts I talk to, I'm sure you'll know, Pam, 30 minutes of moderate exercise a day is what they were recommending. And they say it can be broken up into small periods if necessary. Yeah, I call them um, uh, uh, activity snacks. They're little snacks throughout the day. Isn't that the best? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I, love that. I know. Let's have an ex- a little activity snack. And I don't even say the E word like <laughs> exercise. So that could be, you know, one of my, you know, one of my favorites, get down on the ground. Um, my my uh, two German shepherds always look at me quizzically. Um, and I get on my back and I do a bridges. And, you know, with bridges, you know, as you raise your little behind up off the uh, ground and really get a great uh, gluteal workout, it also stretches everything else. You're getting a core workout. You're also, um, you can modify it, stick one leg out um, and bring it back in. How high can you get it? You know, on and on and on it goes. It feels phenomenal. Sometimes I just do sun salutation. I just get up and I just stretch and I reach for that sun, you know, um, and other times I'm doing something like getting on the ground and doing a cobra. You know why? Because it's a great yoga move to be able to loosen up your back when you've been doing, you know, kind of what we're doing right now, you know, a podcast sitting on our behinds, you know, does that make sense? It's. It makes perfect sense. It's so wonderful. It just feels so good when you do these things, too. You, you know, we re- sometimes I feel, I'll speak for myself, that I may resist them. I've got the next call to make. I've got to rush and do this. Dinner's got to go on. Whatever it is. And yet, if you take that time and do it, you feel so much better in the moment and going forward for the rest of your day. Absolutely. And mix it up. You don't have to turn yourself in once again to a drill sergeant for crying out loud. You know, do, you know, just mix it up, add a little yoga. How about some Pilates? I do, I love those 100s, you know, where you, you know, get up on your back and you, you flap your little hands to the side and try to count out to 100. Um, Just fun things. And I'll tell you one thing, everyone out there, come on now in the Herb Podcast land, there is one exercise, seriously, that if you know how to do this, you may save your life as well. And it will multitask. So all of you women out there are like, what, what multitask? That's us. Um, And that is a simple push-up. Now the push-up could be a bent knee push-up, doesn't matter. Um, If you want to, you know, intermix it with some full full leg push-ups, God bless. You could do them against the wall if you want to, if you have like some disability issues with your lower body. However, um, you nail six muscles. I mean, come on now. I mean, it's just the absolute best. And um, I have a little a challenge for you. If you were to fall down and no one else was around, right? 
um, and there aren't any front end loaders that are going to help you out. So how are you going to get up? Watch what happens when you try to get up. Uh, kind of looks like a push up, doesn't it? And so the way you position your body and how you're doing your legs and all the rest of it. So I'm just saying, you know, that's the simplest thing. You start out with one and just keep working it up and just do as many as you can um, and do little sets of them, whatever makes you feel good. So sometimes when I'm on the floor, I just kind of mix it all up. I'm on the board of directors of the American College of Sports Medicine. And so I speak from a place of a lot of knowledge in this field, meaning that we've looked at this in, in tons of trials, and we found out that this kind of approach simply works, especially you know, um, as it impacts upon mental health. And this is what this uh, wonderful podcast is all about, a workout for your mental health through your body, through your body. Now, you said something about uh, a diet, but we're going to talk about a media diet. What's a media diet? Oh, I think it, for some people, it's harder than a food diet. There, we need to start being much more mindful about the amount and the type of media we are consuming. There's just so much negative news these days. It is everywhere. You can't turn on. I mean, I can't. I, I can't turn on my computer, I still use AOL, look for my AOL account, and boom, they're bringing up all this news in my face. It's never positive. Um, and that's just everywhere. Every time you turn anything on, look at any screen. And so we need to start being much more mindful of this because we are now addicted to it. And this isn't. This is by design. Some of these social media companies and these sites have designed their algorithms to get us, we get that dopamine hit every time we find something new. Our brains want newness. They love newness. Something new is a reward, and we get dopamine hits every time it's something new. Now, this is something interesting to me. It doesn't have to just be something positive. It doesn't have to be, oh, somebody hit like on my cute photo of my baby. It can be even if it's negative news, if it's news, new to us, we're getting dopamine. That's how, that's how we become addicted. And so we have to fight this. I mean, I feel so strongly about this. Um, we have to start fighting it because it's terrible for our mental health. Not only is it keeping us stressed and worried to keep looking at all that news, but then we keep reaching for our phones and we're not doing all the other lovely things that can help our mental health, like say read a book or exercise, spend time with our family roll around on the floor with the dog, all these things that would calm us down, we don't do because we're looking at the news. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, stop that doom scrolling. You know, you just keep looking around for exactly. like the worst news out there and, and you're looking for train wrecks. Stop that stuff already. I mean, enough. Um, all right. And then, oh my gosh, we're, we're coming to the end. So here it is. So now we're talking about choose extracurricular activities wisely. So what does that mean? So research shows that there are certain kinds of activities that really help us. They improve our mental health. These are pleasant activities, you know, things we like to do, ones that give us a sense of purpose, so something such as volunteering, and then ones that make us feel accomplished or masterful. So anything that we feel like we're getting better at, if we're learning a language or we're learning how to bake a loaf of bread, whatever it is. And so, our, our, again, our brains love this stuff. So the advice here is choose your activities wisely. Again, don't sit and doom scroll, but don't just sit and watch, you know, a soap opera either. Do something that will 
give you a sense of purpose or make you feel like you're masterful, you are accomplished. This is going to give you confidence and you're going to feel confident. Um, the two C's I love to talk about. So this could be, you know, pick up a new hobby. I, just this week I've decided I am going to needlepoint. I've tried it on and off, but I never really felt like I had the time. Guess what? Now, because I'm going to stop doom scrolling, I've got some time. So pick up a new hobby. When you get better at it, you're going to feel better. Practice an instrument, you know, work on getting better at improving a sport. Hey, work on doing more push-ups, anything that's going to make you feel that you're moving forward. I love it. It's called progress, man. It's all about progress. And then finally, I think one of the really important ones here is cultivate supportive relationships. Go for it, Elizabeth. You know, a huge body of research shows people with strong relationships are emotionally healthier. You know, we're social animals. We need them. Now it's harder. Uh, we're not seeing all those people that we used to see that we often love to, to see. Uh, and, and we're not even getting to talk to, say, a stranger in line. We don't even having these little tiny stranger reactions that are important interactions. And then we're also stuck with our loved ones, which is lovely in many ways, but not in some others. Um, so we want to work on our relationships. And I was worried. This this tip really came out of me personally, too, feeling that, you know, at the end of the day, life is coming so fast and furious at me lately. Um, I don't really, I'm not talking to my best girlfriends. I'm talking to my mom, great, my sister, you know, and then I'm talking to my partner. I'm not, and my coworkers that I work with, I'm not talking to anybody else. And so my best friends, I'm not talking to. I say make a goal. I'm, each day I'm going to reach out to one person. You know what? Someone I thought of, haven't talked to in a while, just say hi. Start there. Start to keep layering in these relationships again now. And then when you do talk to people, it's always nice to ask about them, right? Because everybody likes to talk about themselves. But I think so often now we just want to download. Try not to. Ask about the other person. But also this is with intention, discuss something other than what is going on that's awful. Like, we don't need to talk about the pandemic every minute or politics, you know, whatever news there is. Like, talk, hey, remember to ask about people's kids, ask about their hobbies. Um, try to, A, talk to more people and talk about more pleasant things, more interesting things. I love it. And also, I there's one thing I love, you know, as we close this out, and it's a damn good laugh. See, here's the thing. You can't laugh and feel toxicity at the same time. It's impossible. Sorry, but your brain can't handle it. So you have a choice here. And, you know, children laugh on average. This is a great Stanford study. Uh, would love to have been the grad student who had to pull this sucker off. So children <laughs> laugh 300 times a day on average. Okay. You want to guess how many times a day a, an adult laughs? Much, much less. On I average? I can't even guess. 10 that's what I was going to think. Ten. Pathetic. It's Absolute. pathetic. Come on, people. It's pathetic. Come on. And it's why we don't want to talk about the news anymore. Talk about some. Talk about anything. Something fun your kids did. Something funny your dog did. Laughter is huge. It's the best medicine, right? Such a cliche, but it's true. No question about it. Everyone, 
you know, let's just give Elizabeth Bernstein a collective hug. Once again, she's shown up with her wit and her wisdom, and this time on a mental workout that can help you cope with pandemic challenges. How timely is this? And I hope you were taking copious notes because I sure as hell was. Um, And all I can say is I can't wait to have you back on again, Elizabeth, because you are so, so wise. And what can I say? You gift us with your knowledge, um, especially within the field of neuroscience. So thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. It's always wonderful to talk to you, Pam. And everyone out there, run on over to iTunes right now and rate and review the show. We're waiting to hear from you, especially me, because, well, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Perb Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on iTunes or Radio MD. Thanks for listening today, and please stay safe and stay well.